takes the time to stop and smell the roses We're too busy walking around living our lives But by making the world a more beautiful place, Artemis publishes artists and writers from the Appalachian region of the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia and beyond. This is the time when we need to write and make art for the sake of healing our souls and enriching our communities. Welcome to Artemis Speaks. Welcome to Artemis Speaks. Today, I'm so excited to bring on a long-standing friend, a woman that I've known since, actually, she was eight years old, and I am just thrilled to still have her in my life. In fact, she said that I'm her longest-standing friend that uh, she, she's known through her life. Anne Kate Sullivan is an award-winning, best-selling mystical author weaving ancient wisdom traditions together with mystical experience. Her books include award-winning series including Sparkle and the Gift, Sparkle and the Light, and the Sparkle Fairy Tales. Her best-selling fable, The Story of Becoming, has won 18 literary awards. Her books on Celtic mythology include The Legends of the Grail, stories of Celtic goddesses, and heroines of Avalon and other tales. Her debut novel was just released this month, Nimu Finding Marilyn, and we'll talk about that later on. Welcome, Anne. It's so good to have you here. I'm absolutely delighted. Thank you so much, Jerry, for having me on the show. Yes, yes. As I said, we have known each other so long. Your parents I absolutely adore and um, very, very good friends of mine, soul friends, and have watched you through your life uh, grow into a beautiful woman and becoming a writer. And you got very... Um, inspired by goddesses early on in your life. You've had a lot of different stories about this. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you have become who you are. Well, I, I believe it begins with you and mom, actually, in terms of my <laughs> writing career. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the other day how lucky I was that I was raised by these wild feminists, you know, that we're very interested in keeping the creative spark alive and letting us be who we truly are. And um, yeah, so I, I was lit up by this idea of Artemis. When you started talking about Artemis, I had to go look up Artemis, who she was, <laughs> this Greek goddess, this wild woman who ran under the full moon. <laughs> She's always been very dear to my heart. And actually, I'll have to say this, Jerry, that this novel that I that I just brought out, I, I've been working on it for about 10 years. I finally finished it. And and she's the daughter of Diana. Yeah, the main character is the daughter of Diana, who, of course, is also Artemis, right? So, <laughs> so she has birthed the new story into the world, her wild daughter, Nimue, who is determined to go find her own magic. So thank well, you. Well, hey, thank you. I, I You make it worthwhile when I hear this story. You know, we have always, uh, our mission at Artemis is to encourage young first-time writers. And we, we started publishing you, your poetry early on. And uh, then you, you've you gone on to write, you know, novels and, 
Uh, tell us a little bit about your fascination of uh, the thread of where you have ended up with your books and how that became. I was trying to think, I think he published a poem. I was trying to remember which poem it was. I think it was called Dusk in a Familiar Meadow. And I was like, quite young and I was so, I was like really blown away that you published my poem and, and, um, and really lit up by that. And then of course, later I, I got, some poems got rejected and I was just devastated. And, <laughs> but then it really made me realize I had to up my, up my work level, you know, I had to improve and find my Alwyn. I think, I think of it as the Alwyn. So it's been a wonderful journey, uh, you know, from, from, I, I think when there are these journals such as Artemis and that we, that we can participate together and encourage each other to, you know, inspire each other to keep writing because our culture doesn't always support it, you know. So, but when we get together, we realize that poetry is the language of the soul. It's what makes us human. It what's it keeps us alive. We want so we want to grow and we want to do our heroine's journey. We want to find out the truth of who we are, and that comes through art and literature and poetry. And so, um, yeah, you. So basically this little spark here um, sent me on the journey to become a bard. I went to England and became a bard. Um, I got my doctorate in Anglo-Irish literature and walked the landscape collecting the, um, the, the tales in the landscape, the goddesses. When you're there, you can, you can actually crawl into these old cairns and like, like uh, La Creux in Ireland. And you, you go in these, these cairns are older than the pyramids. So you, can, you can crawl inside and the story of the Kaliach, the old woman of the world is in there. And so you, you actually literally crawl into her womb space and listen to the dreams of the Celtic Gaia. So, so I, I got very inspired by going and finding these tales. I was kind of startled that a lot of people didn't know them because we need the empowering stories of, our, of, of the women, right? So <clears throat> I got inspired to bring out the Legends of the Grail series like 13 stories there of, of uh, uh, Celtic women that are, I mean, did you know, for instance, that the first person to achieve the Holy Grail was a woman? No. Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea about that. Right? So her name, her name is, well, you can say Dendrane or Dendrana. I like to say Dendrana. But she was actually the sister of Percival. And she was a complete visionary. And she knew that she had to open the gates of Saros. And before any of the fellows that were sitting at the round table could find the Holy Grail and, and, and uh, go to Saros, which is the, the uh, Camelot, the, the kingdom of, of Arthurian legend, the, the heaven of Arthurian legend, um, she had, it was actually her role to go give her blood to the, uh, to the leprous maiden and open the kingdom of Saros. And so she's actually the first Grail knight, the first Grail champion. And I was like, why doesn't anybody tell her story? You know? Right, right. Well, <laughs> so it's in my book. It is in Heroines of Avalon. So she's there. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, there's an untapped reservoir, isn't there, in this subject area. But the, the tales of the women have often been left out. You know, the, the men have been the storytellers or the, the people that inherit the realm. But you have really delved very deeply into this world and it's impressive what you've done. Uh, you've also written some children's books, which kind of follow that thread. You want to talk a little bit about your children's books, the uh, Sparkle in the Light? Uh, the Sparkle, Sparkle series. 
I I actually wrote them when my when I was homeschooling my kids and it was really important. My daughter's half Scottish and it was really important for me to 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 tell her these tales so that she remembered the how powerful her her Celtic lineage is. So these are all all the Celtic uh, all the sparkle stories are are about uh, this this woman Sarah who calls herself Sparkle, who will not let her inner light go out. She has her Awen. She has her spark, her imagination, her the light inside of her that burn that continually burns. And of course, it's, she's it's contagious. The people around her always get lit up too. So in the Sparkle stories. Sparkle will, will go on some kind of adventure and one of her relatives will tell her a story about something that happened to one of her, her magical, her, her magical uh, people in her lineage. So, so they're really fun. They're, they're short, they're fairy tales. There's some that are really uh, industry standard 32 pages and there's some that are longer, but it's been fun to tell the folklore and fairy tale. I think it's very important that we continue to tell myths and legends. I, you know, uh, John Matthews, who's one of my teachers in the UK, says it, it's really important that we tell these stories again and again for the time that we're living in, because there's a reason that the, the story of the Kaliach, the old woman of the world, has been told for 10,000 years, right? Right, right. And, and that's in the Sparkle stories, that's, she brings that out. The, the parents are reminding her, tell this tale again, you know, mm -hmm. because when you tell the story, you bring the light forward into the next generation. You bring the wisdom into this time. And we need wisdom when we're in dark times. We need like Kaser. We were talking about Kaser the other day. Yes. The, the, the woman from the Lover Gabala who wasn't allowed to board the ark with Noah. She was the granddaughter of Noah, wasn't allowed to board the ark. So she just built her own ark and set sail with her 50 girlfriends and her you know, <laughs> four guys and her, her horses. And she, <laughs> she sails to Ireland and uh, creates her own existence. And so I love it when we find these these characters who just remind us, like, well, okay, we're in a difficult time. Just throw the light of your heart forward and keep uh -huh, going. Uh -huh, <laughs> uh -huh. And good for you for doing this. You know, bringing these these stories to light. Uh, you you have started your own publishing company, and tell us how that came about as well. Well, I think I, I had a little seed here from Artemis. Also, I thought I saw you guys doing the journal, of course, when I was growing up and. <laughs> I went, when I collected the tales, I, I was working in, in the UK at the time, I was working for Kingfisher Books, and I was talking to them about the tales of women, and they said nobody would be interested in them. And when I moved back to the, to the US, people said nobody was interested in mythology. And I thought, well, that's, I think that's rubbish. I just don't actually agree with that. <laughs> so so I, I thought, well, I'll publish some and let's see what happens. And um, I actually started publishing this, the Sparkle Fairy Tales. And I was living in Ojai, California at the time. And people loved them. I mean, it was local, it was sort of a local success. People were buying them. And, and, um, and, and then when A Story of Becoming came out, that was an Amazon bestseller. And it, it, it was a bestseller for a couple of years and won 18 literary awards and just did incredibly well. So that put me on the map as an author. And then when Legends of the Grail came out, um, that series came out, that, that, those, both of those books, and hopefully Nimue too, will be bestsellers. And then of course, at that point, people started saying, oh, well, we are interested in, in the stories of women and we are interested in nature and ecology and mysticism. And so other people now have come on board too. I have uh, Eva Knatz, who's a, a writer from Prague, uh, uh, from Bohemia, like literally Bohemia. She's from <laughs> Czechoslovakia. 
and um, she does Norse mythology. Uh, and also have a a, a, a mystic who's, who's also a rabbi who, who has a, a biography that he's brought out on mysticism and another woman who's done a beautiful absolutely most beautiful cookbook who, who we're bringing out also so other people as we, as we go forward are coming on board and now we have services agency services so if people need help with printing or if they're doing their own books or editing or any of these things uh, I have put together a round table of the most fabulous Mostly women. There's some men too, but it's mostly women. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and the men that support the women, you know. Wonderful. And your your children's books, you collaborated with an artist. I mean, they're quite beautiful. Oh. You beautiful. Belle beautiful. Ducray. Uh-huh. Actually, that was a cute story because when I wrote the stories, like I, I said, I, I had written them for for my for my kids. So we, uh, they had just drawn little like stick figures and one day I go into the bedroom, uh, my daughter's bedroom, and my friend Belle Ducray is sitting on on Catherine's bed, and she's crying and crying and crying. I said, I thought someone had died. I was like, What's going on, Belle? And she goes, I just read your stories, and I have to illustrate them. Mm-hmm. So, so that's how that came about. And she has done I don't know how many hundreds of illustrations now. But she also, in her process, she will say quite clearly that her she went through an enormous healing. Um, um, doing the illustrations for these stories. So, yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Wonderful. Well, tell us a little bit about the new book that's coming out, Nimue. Tell me what inspired that and what's that about? Well, Nimue, the daughter of Dinah or Artemis, right? So so Nimue in in Celtic mythology can be the daughter of a a variety of people. You know, the the lineages change depending on which storyteller is telling the tale. But the one I followed uh, is an older version of Nimue, and and she is, in this case, the the daughter of uh, Diana, the the Roman aspect of of Artemis. But what I do in the story, because I wanted to take people back in time on a heroine's quest, you know, like what, what's a heroine's quest as opposed to hero's quest. And so it, the book begins modern day time, woman named Mina who's living in New York. And she keeps having this dream of this, this woman in green. And, and she's trying to deny, you know, when we're called in the quest in the heroine's journey, we try to deny the quest. We, just, oh, we want to be ordinary, but the, she's not going to be able to be ordinary. So she, she winds up going to England with her mother, who's also named Diana. And she gets kidnapped by Morgan, Morgan, like Morgan Le Fay. And it turns out that she was Nimue in a previous life. And that so Nimue is the person, it's quite often considered a sorceress, who was the one responsible for sealing Merlin in a tree or tower for all time. So she's the one responsible for removing the magic from the world. This is, you know, the women get demonized, right? So what happens is she realizes she has to go release him that, that the, the magic of the world needs to come back. So she travels back to the fifth century, remembers her lifetime of Nimue, remembers Merlin, remembers uh, going into the underworld uh, where she meets Gwyneth Neath, you know, the Lord of the underworld. And what happens in her quest is she realizes that she is magic herself, that she's a mage, that, she, that she's actually Merlin's twin flame. And so she starts remembering her magic and what it is that she has to bring to this world. And so it's, it's a tri- I won't tell the whole, I won't give the whole thing away, but it's, it's definitely um, a heroine's quest to go and find the, your own elements, the elements of your soul and, and to bring them out into this world. So 
tap in, tap into your own magic. I love it. Now, if someone wants uh, to purchase this book, where do, can they go to Amazon? How do they find you? Mm-hmm. They can they can buy it on Amazon. Uh, it's available now, which is great. It just came out. Um, it's also going to be out as an Audible soon. So that'll oh, be that'll wonderful. be great. Or you can get it straight off my my publishing website. You can look at the other books there too, which is infinitelightpublishing.com. Okay. So it's always nice when you buy direct from the the publisher. But Absolutely, it's available anywhere in the world, and also as a as a uh, downloadable file. So I hope uh-huh. people enjoy it and they get inspired and come forward with their own magic. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Wonderful. Well, um, what what are your plans for the future? I mean, you're obviously writing, and you have a very successful podcast. Why don't you tell us about that? What that's about. Well, it's, it's interesting. So I, I'm uh, I'm actually in the the order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids, which is a, a British organization. And and what they really want us to do is to tell stories. And so I was invited in 2019 to start a podcast. And I thought, well, this is important. We we need to do more oral story storytelling. We need to share these um, wisdom traditions that we've discovered. So. I started doing a podcast just for fun. And this year, I just noticed in 2020, we had, I had, my show had 2,600,000 downloads. So it was was a lot of people interested in, in, (laughs) it's not true that people don't love mythology. People love myth, you know? And Uh I think during the times that we're in, there's a reason that these stories are told over and over and over again. You know, each, each and every one of us is on a hero heroine's journey. And when we reflect these stories back to each other, then we find these, these archetypes, these, these uh, wonderful beings that are, that are part of our true nature, and we can move forward collectively into it. Hopefully, we'll, we'll head into a new renaissance after all this. Hopefully. So, so Hopefully. that was really fun. And it, it was a learning curve to, to go from being the writer to oral storytelling. or um, and just I have just a lot of conversations with authors on that show also. And I'm hoping as I move into this year to do more webinars and, and take people on quests, since we can't actually literally travel right now, to take uh, people on the inner quest uh, uh, using using this, yeah, the internet. The internet's actually pretty great, too. We can yes. walk between worlds here, too. We're all <laughs> tapping into the magic world of Zoom. And, well, actually, that's how Artemis uh, Speaks began, because we, we had to go silent. We couldn't have our in-person launch at the museum and so forth and, and it's been really uh fun and exciting i love the idea and you i want to mention also your podcast is wisdom of the ages right is that how they find it if, if yeah it's interested. superpower it's on the superpower up network okay. and uh which has i don't know how many millions of downloads this year but it's a it's a group of us so superpower experts and my my show is called wisdom of the ages Okay, great. Well, we're going to uh, finalize the the interview here today. It's been great having you on our show. And you have agreed to read a poem that we published uh, last year. Is this, uh, I think it was last year that we published this poem that you're going to read. Well, the, the one the one that I have sitting here is the one that's that's coming up. So I have, oh, I hope that's this okay. Is, this is a preview, everyone, of Artemis <laughs> 2021. You get to hear and reading so, the poem that was accepted. And tell us a little bit about the background and how you wrote this. So one of my very favorite poets is uh, 
a John O'Donoghue. And I imagine a lot of people know John O'Donoghue, but he was a very, very famous Irish poet. Quite an inspiration. Um, had studied, deeply studied the perennial philosophy, was a, was a priest. And, uh, and if you don't know him, do go read, read Anamkara or listen to Anamkara. Absolutely inspiring, beautiful. Unfortunately, he, he passed away a few years ago. But he's one of the poets that I listen to all the time. I keep his uh, books on my iPhone. When I fall asleep, I listen to his words. And when this pandemic started, I, I was really, um, I turned to John O'Donoghue because it's again, he's, he's one, he's, the, the, he's got that Celtic stream of wisdom. And I read one of his poems and I wrote this in response, so this is after, this particular poem is after John O'Donoghue's Anamkara. And it's called Blessings of the Ancestors. And it goes like this. When a chaotic storm brews dark inside you and gray sorrow seeps as tears into your soul, may you remember to open your windows stepping out amongst the living trees so the specter of loss no longer haunts you. On the evening when everything external spins and you stumble like a drunkard as you walk, may you find the kaleidoscope of rainbows that endures inside you, the magical child of yellow, the warrior of red, the blue of sky, where you can soar. In that soulful flight, may you find the doves that skim peacefully above the tumultuous water, leading you to the silver blessings of your ancestors who love you and whisper that you are protected by their blessings of love now and forevermore. Beautiful. Thank you, Anne. You know, and thank you, Bill and Gwen Cates, for bringing you into this world, my dear, dear friends. I love having this ongoing relationship with you, and, and thank you for being here today. This is Artemis Speaks, and this is Jerry Rogers. You've been listening to Artemis Speaks. Artemis is a charitable organization now 43 years old and has evolved to be all-inclusive, a journal with essays, poetry, and art. 10% of the journal's sales are donated to a women's shelter in southwest Virginia. If you're interested in learning more, artemisjournal.org. You can mail us directly in P.O. Box 505. Floyd, Virginia, 24091. The closing music and the opening music you're listening to is Jordan Harmon. And the song is Just Slow Down, a very appropriate comment for the times that we're in. If you want to read, you have to slow down. Artemis Speaks, the podcast, is recorded twice monthly at Final Track Studios in Virginia. All rights reserved. 
and is co-produced by Jerry because Rogers you and Just slow down.